You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 289, The Solo Series. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of She Runs the Show. Cassandra with you here. So episode 289, I'm going to jump right into it because I wasn't planning on recording today, but I saw this quote on Pinterest. Those of you who listen to She Runs the Show, you know me and you know that I am a Pinterest addict still. And uh, I, I came across a quote today and a lot of them do, but this one especially hit home. And I thought this is such an important mindset topic to talk about, not simply in terms of life or relationships or career choices, but in terms of business. So the way that we're going to tackle today's episode is I'm going to give you the quote as always, and then I'm going to talk about how this connects. I'm going to begin with the life, but I'm going to spend a lot of time on how this quote, even though it seems like it's all about relationship, like romantic relationships, how it really, if you get the meaning, it will reshape the way you show up in your business to the point where your success becomes inevitable because you get this one thing. That's what we're talking about today, which is why I called the episode One Truth That Will Hurt, Yes It Will, and Then Heal Your Life in Business. Now, before I jump into the drop the mic moments that are about to happen here, um, let me just say a couple of things. If you are not subscribed to my daily dose of inspiration email, which I, I pat myself on the back. I've been doing daily dose on the daily for quite some time post COVID, me having COVID. Uh, please go to tinyurl.com forward slash KV daily dose. Again, that is tinyurl.com forward slash KV Daily Dose and sign up for the Daily Dose of Inspiration. You do not want to miss it. Other thing I wanted to say, if you are not subscribed to my YouTube channel, I have tons of videos on there that really are built. Let me just, let me, let me put a little disclaimer first. The YouTube channel that I've created at youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV. That's youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV. It is geared to helping women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s rebuild their minds so they can redesign their lives. That's the whole point. So if you're not a woman in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, will you get something on the channel? Sure you will. But it's geared to women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. So if you are not subscribed to my YouTube channel, which I'm on hiatus with right now, I will be starting to shoot new videos in October 2021, which means I will relaunch the channel in 2022. Please go to youtube.com forward slash Cassandra Vaughn TV and subscribe. Hit that bell for notifications just so that when I do come back next February, you know what's up. All right. So let's get, dive into it. Oh, this quote, this quote. Okay. Let me, I'm going to read the quote twice because you just, the first time it hits you and hurts you. And the second time you just allow it to marinate. So this was the quote. I saw for the first time this morning. Hardest pill I had to swallow this year was that I cannot force my importance in someone's life. I had to realize that I couldn't bring love to people who brought me unbearable pain. I had to realize that the way I was treated mattered more than the way I felt. Whew. Okay, just, just let it, la- just, just let it land. Let it land. I'm going to read it again. 
Don't know who wrote this because there was no name attached to it. Somebody has a beautiful way with words. I list it as unknown, but whoever wrote this, beautiful. I mean, just yes. So here's the quote again. Hardest pill I had to swallow this year was that I cannot force my importance in someone's life. I had to realize that I couldn't bring love to people who brought me unbearable pain. I had to realize that the way I was treated mattered more than the way I felt. I'm going to sit in this episode on that last line. I had to realize that the way I was treated mattered more than the way I felt. Now, let's let's just go there for a second. Because so often, whether it is uh, the clients we choose to take on, that deep down our intuition says, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh, they are not your clients, do not take this, they're not ready for you, you will have a headache with them. The client, Those clients that are not our clients that we take on, those friends who in the back of our minds, something is like red flag, they don't really have your back, they're not going to be there when you need them, like they're really frenemies in disguise, like wolves in sheep's clothing, those family relationships that we justify, even though they belittle us, to our faces, criticize us, um, talk about us behind our backs, don't clap when we win. Those family relationships that we justify, I've got air quotes going on over here, because we say, but they're family, but that's my mom, but that's my dad, but that's my sister, I grew up with them. Yeah, those relationships where... You've been in it so long that you are stuck in a comfort zone. And at the very same time, you know clearly and for sure that you don't feel seen, you don't feel valued, you don't feel heard, you don't feel loved, and you don't feel wanted. Mm. And still in it, knowing all those things, but feeling like, but I love this person, right? They're not do like, the way I'm being treated is wrong, and I love this person, Choosing a career or profession where you don't get paid what you deserve to get paid. You don't get promoted in the way that you should be promoted. You do, I mean, you are the workhorse in that career and everybody knows it and you get none of the the recognition for it, but you get all the work seven days a week. Yes, you feel important because you're the workhorse at that job. Yes, you feel like you are a rock star because if somebody needs something done, you are the name they call, but you are not in a position to be promoted because they know you will do everything required by a promoted role in the current role you're in. So they get to use and abuse you. So once again, I had to realize that the way I was treated mattered more than the way I felt. I can feel important at work because people call on me all the time to do things. But if I'm not being treated right at work, there comes a point where you got to realize that the way you're being treated matters more than the way you actually feel. How about this? How about you are the CEO of your business? It's doing super, super well, but you are putting up with business partners that you know don't treat you right. You are putting up with business deals that you know you're being undercut when your competitors are making 30% more with the same deal. How about you are signing contracts for things that aren't even worthy of you because it's another dollar in your pocket, or you are allowing signed contracts to dictate how those people get to treat you when you agree to a certain level of treatment that you're currently not receiving per the contract. 
You know, I think a lot of people have this misconception that the people who stay in situations that are not worthy of them, whether it is life or business or relationships, that they are people who have no other choice, that they are people because of their socioeconomic status, because of their powerlessness in some way, shape or form, that the reason they have to put up with the where the way they're being treated is because they don't have power. Listen, there are people at every level, levels you can't even imagine would feel powerless. Where billionaire levels, where the billions of dollars don't help these people get the truth of this quote. I had to realize that the way I was treated mattered more than the way I felt. And you know what it comes down to? There are so many of us I include myself in this. Every time I do an episode on the podcast, be, be clear on something about this. She owns a show, especially if this is your first time listening to it. Every time I do an episode, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me because these are lessons that, yes, I may have learned 50 times. Still always a 51st opportunity. Still always a 52nd opportunity. Like I'm still learning this one right here, which is why it hit me so hard. I'm going to read the quote again. and Then we're going to go deeper. Hardest pill I had to swallow this year was that I cannot force my importance in someone's life. I had to realize that I couldn't bring love to people who brought me unbearable pain. I had to realize that the way I was treated mattered more than the way I felt. And you know what the thing about it is? Because so often we think, well, only people with low self-esteem would accept being treated any kind of way. Um, You know, only people who have no money would accept staying in a job where they're not treated well. Talk to some millionaires out there. There are lots of millionaires with million-dollar deals who are putting up with all kinds of bullshit for that million-dollar deal. I'm just, don't even, let's not even go there. Lots of them. So this is not about socioeconomic status. This is not about working for yourself or working for someone else. There are people who have their own businesses and have done so for 10 years who are still at the mercy of their clients. So they might as well be working for somebody else. Let me tell you what this is about. This is about a lot of us reliving childhood wounds that we haven't yet healed. This is really about a lot of us having been abandoned in childhood, rejected in childhood, learning that our value, that, that our, that our worthiness of love was directly tied to our ability to achieve and forever feeling like only when I'm achieving am I worthy of love. So in every single context of my life, whether it's business, family relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, we are performing like an actor on the stage because somebody somewhere in childhood told us that we would only be lovable if we got straight A's. We would only be lovable if we played the sports and excelled at the sports that they wanted us to excel in. Do you see how sick that is? How sick it is to be raised in an environment where your worthiness and even deeper than that, your ability to love is based on whether you can deliver the results that someone else dictates to you. And then we wonder why even billionaires have this problem. And we wonder why people sit here in therapy for 10 years trying to figure out why they keep waiting to be chosen. You know what that's about. 
wait, like, choose me, choose me. I want to know that you put me first. I want to know that I'm your number one. I want the engagement ring because that means you're, let me ask you a question, right? So you get the contract, the million dollar contract that you wanted in your business and you celebrate for five minutes. And then the next minute you turn around, you start to feel like an imposter and you start wondering like, am I worthy of this? Am I, do you know why you feel that way? I'm going to tell you why you feel that way. Because that million dollar contract is never going to do for you in terms of choosing you what you have to do in terms of choosing you. And here's where I'm going back to the last line of the quote. I had to realize that the way I was treated mattered more than the way I felt. You see, the problem is we keep reliving wounds of abandonment or not being chosen and we're striving to win and striving and, and hustling for our worthiness, as Brene Brown puts it, and, 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 and doing things and being other than who we really want to be because we want the people who we've been probably spending our whole lives wanting love from to accept us, to approve us, approve of us. And you know what the thing about it is? Here's the thing you start to learn as you get a little bit older, right? Like I'm 43. Here's what I've learned. The people who truly love you, love you whether you have all those accolades or not. The people who truly get you, they get you when you have nothing and they get you when you have everything. The people who truly, truly see the value of you will not just treat you any kind of way. And so already off the bat, if in any context of your life, at the gym, buying lunch, going to Starbucks, hanging out with friends, family, your spouse, your partner, if in any of those, your, your business clients, if in any of those contexts, you, you come across somebody in your life who's treating you like you don't exist, who's treating you like you're not worthy of what you know you're worthy of, who's trying to undercut you and your prices and, and complain why your prices are too high, who's trying to tell you why you don't deserve a promotion yet, um, who's trying to dictate to you what you should be going for and why you're not good enough yet. Let me just be very clear. They don't see your value. They don't know your worth and they are tying their acceptance and approval of you to an endless race on a hamster wheel that you simply don't have to run. That you simply don't have to run. And so the bottom line of this, and this is, this is the truth that hurts and then heals your life and business. When somebody, this is Maya Angelou, you know what Maya Angelou said? Oh, these words, like I have to review them probably at least five times a year. I should probably be reviewing them every day, but five times a year, I come back to this. And Maya Angelou said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Because the truth is, the first time they show you, they are actually showing you how they really feel about you. And the likelihood that you're going to change their minds on that, whoo boy, little to none, little to none, unless they want to, okay? There's a caveat. But if they see no wrong in the way that they're treating you, if they believe that they're treating you in accord with how they value you, they're probably not changing their minds on that. So the only person in the situation that you can control or change would be, guess who? You. You. So here's my bottom line on that. Stop ignoring the way 
that the individuals in your life are treating you. They are telling you with their actions. They are showing you with the way they talk to you, how they actually feel about you. Believe them. Like, stop doing this. Well, but you know, but you know, making excuses for, for people. Like, stop that. Every word that comes out of somebody's mouth towards you is telling you how they feel about you. Every action or inaction that's being taken in, in relationship with you, business, school, college, profession, family, they're telling you everything you need to know about how they, they feel about you, your worth, your value, your lovability, how you should be. They're, they're showing you every single interaction they are telling you. And the moment you sit over in a corner and you go, yes, but I, but I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I want, I would extend some empathy to them, right? Like, like I don't want to shame them because they're treating me like shit. I want to be vulnerable and, and empathetic. And uh, look, I could fill you with all the Brene Brown words from all of her books because I've read most of them. And as much as I love Brene Brown here, here Brene Brown, here's where I draw the line. There comes a moment where and Brene has said this, but most people don't, don't hear that part. There comes a moment where, A, people have to earn right to access your vulnerability. You don't give it away for free to everybody. Uh-uh. B, um, there is a place for shame. I, this is going to be the most unpopular thing I've probably said. There is a place for shame because you know what? When you do somebody wrong, you ought to feel a level of shame. And I know Brene Brown goes, guilt and shame are not the same thing. Ah, you know, Tomato, tomato. Okay. Like at the end of the day, if you treat, if I treat somebody wrong, I do feel shame because my behavior was not in accordance with my values and my integrity. And I ought to feel a little shame about that. I ought to. And I should if I have a heart. So, let, let me get to the point that I'm getting to. At the end of the day, you can try to put on the empathetic hat and you can try to put on the, uh, you know, compassionate, uh, cloak and you can sit in a space of go, but you know what? This is, this is all they're capable of giving me. Or, you know, I got a really great deal in my business and it's more money than I've ever seen before. And I should just be grateful. Like some people don't even get these kind of bills. And I have this amazing client and yes, you know, he yells at me every now and again, but he's dealing with a lot of stress. Like you can rationalize bad behavior 24 seven, 365 if you want to. And you can choose to feel about bad behavior directed towards you as if you are the martyr who is, you know, allowing yourself to be crucified because you are so much more forgiving and so much more empathetic than anybody else. And you know what? There's an arrogance in that one. I don't have time on this episode to go about the arrogance of playing the martyr. But there's a certain arrogance that comes along with people who go, it's okay if you shit all over me. I have a really forgiving heart, probably more forgiving than anyone else you'll ever, you'll ever meet. It's really okay. I can take it. You know what? A really wise coach once said to me on a coaching call, she said, Cassandra, just because you can take it doesn't mean you should. Just because you can take poor treatment doesn't mean you should. And so what is the solution to this? If you're listening to this episode, you're going, oh man, in my business, I am doing this, you know, like hustling for my worthiness in my life with my family. We have ancient 
childhood trauma that nobody wants to talk about. And I'm still trying to get my mom's approval, my dad's approval, my sister's approval. Like, what do I do with this? Here's what you do with this. And here's what I'm currently doing with this. Cause I'm working through this issue too. Like, rest assured, I don't have this thing figured out, but I guarantee you by the end of this lifetime, I will. And if I don't, by the end of this lifetime, I'm going to come back to a new lifetime and have to learn this one again, which I don't want to do. So I'm really working on mastering this one this time. Here's what you do. Everything in terms of treatment, the words that are said, the things that are done, the actions that are taken, um, the way things are handled, everything that you keep hustling to get from other people, the being chosen, um, the, the, the being, the feeling loved, the being nurtured, um, the charge, charging and getting higher prices for your, all of that for coaching, for consulting, for your products. You know what you got to do before anybody else outside of you is going to give it to you? You got to give that to yourself first. That means if you want someone to love you, do you love yourself? Like if I looked at your life, if I spent a week just watching your life on camera 24 seven, would I get a really strong sense that you absolutely love yourself, that you're in love with yourself, that you treat yourself well, that you take care of yourself? Or would I see you rushing around from place to place, taking care of everybody else's needs before your own, getting to the end of the day, not having done one thing for yourself, feeling angry and resentful and bitter and silent about all of it because you want other people to think you are awesome, you martyr you. What would I see? If I walked a week in your shoes, because at the end of the day, you can ask other people to give you what you aren't giving yourself. And you might come across a, a few rare individuals who see in you what you don't yet see in you and who lift you up and they do give you what you aren't giving yourself because they want to inspire you to do that on your own. There are a few that come along and do that. There really are. And they are, they're amazing gifts of life. I hope you have at least one person who's that way. But for the most part, I'm just going to break it down to you. If you want to build anything major, a wonderful family, a successful six or seven figure business, eight figure business, uh, friendships that are that are really worth your time, energy and effort. Let's be honest. A lot of them are. Um, networks of people who have your back, who share their wisdom openly and honestly and truthfully and with their full heart. If you want any of that kind of stuff, you know what? That stuff doesn't come if you don't give it to yourself first. So how do you talk to yourself? How do you treat yourself? How do you care for yourself? Are you always running on empty? Are you a super big people pleaser? Do you keep your mouth shut and not speak your truth on a regular basis because you think other people won't like you? Like, do you like you? I mean, I'm just saying, do you like you? And and if in this current moment you don't like you, are you actively, vigilantly performing DMA, daily massive action to change the parts of you that you don't like? Because here's the thing, until you've done all of that with you first, I have a hard time believing that you're going to get it from most of the people in your life. Really hard time. And the truth is we spend far too many years, and yes, I said years, lobbying, begging, debating, and fighting for other people to treat us right. And we didn't even take it home first and say, am I treating myself right? Do I charge the prices in my business that I'm actually worth? And unapologetically so, 
and un, and, and not changing my prices just because people bitch about it. Do I say to myself, I love you exactly as you are. And is there even a little piece of me that believes that right now? If I don't like something about myself, if I don't like my finances, if I don't like my profession, if I don't like the business that I'm in, if I don't like the industry that I'm in, if I don't like my friends, if I don't like where I live, what am I doing every single day to change it? Now, it may take years and oftentimes it will to change it. But the, the self-esteem and the self-confidence and self-worth isn't, doesn't live in the result. It lives in the process. Let me say that again because it took me 20 years to learn this one. The rise in self-esteem and self-confidence and self-worth and self-love doesn't exist in you hitting the goal. If it's drop 50 pounds, if it's move out of state, if it's become debt free, like you hit those moments and you feel joy for about five minutes and then you're like, okay, what's next? Mm -mm. The actual rising of, of you really loving yourself the way you keep expecting other people to love you or approve of you or accept you, it doesn't live in the result. You know where it lives? In the process. In getting up every day and saying to yourself, what did I commit to change in my life? And what am I doing today about that? And then when you do that thing today, you go, okay, you go, all right, you got this. There goes the raising self-confidence today. Then you wake up tomorrow and you go, okay, remember what I said I'm changing in my life? Doesn't matter how long it's going to take, two years, five years, 10 years, 12 years, doesn't matter. What am, what DMA, daily massive action am I doing today to get there today? And then as you hit those consecutive days of doing DMA on that particular thing you want to change in you, as you hit, you go from consecutive days to consecutive weeks to consecutive months and yes, to consecutive years because that's where it really hits home. You start to, let me tell you, you start to look at yourself differently. Even after five days of consecutive daily massive action to change something about you that then puts you in a position to choose you. You, when you look in the mirror, like, like you don't even have to look in the mirror because you literally say to yourself, when you are just so vigilantly consistent with your daily massive action that it is not even, you don't worry about failure because if it comes, you'll handle it. And you know, the source won't be you in terms of you not getting up and doing what you committed. Like when you start keeping the commitments you make to yourself consistently, vigilantly. So you start to, I mean, it's not quite arrogance, but it is so addictive. Like you start to get, how can I describe it? Cause I've been there before and, and, and I'm, I'm there again. So it feels juicy. It feels like I got this thing, you know, like I got this thing and you no longer are sitting here trying to say, are we there yet? Are we like the moment you are vigilantly consistent in changing things about you that you don't like and in getting on the path that you know you're meant to be on, the moment you become vigilantly consistent, even for five days, you start to think about yourself like, damn, I've got this thing. You don't worry about how long it's going to take. You don't worry about what it's going to take. Because you now know that in your own mind, you've become a person who, when you make a commitment to yourself, you 
keep it. Your bonds are unbreakable with you. And when your bonds become unbreakable with you, you know what happens? Let me tell you what happens. You honor yourself in a different way. You look at yourself in a different way. You love yourself in a different way. And you know what? After a while of that, like I'm talking, you know, six months, not even a year, six months a year, and definitely by two years, you just don't put up with bullshit that you used to put up with when you were inconsistent in keeping your commitments to yourself. So what is the bottom line? I'm going to read this quote one last time. And I want you to marinate on this, you know, or is it marinate? I have no idea. One or the other. Marinate, I think is what it is. Marinate on this one. Hardest pill I had to swallow this year was that I cannot force my importance in someone's life. I had to realize that I couldn't bring love to people who brought me unbearable pain. I had to realize that the way I was treated mattered more than the way I felt. Listen. Honor the way you feel about you first. Honor what you need to do and what you need to take action on in your own life to feel good about you first. Keep your commitments to yourself for years first. And then do the external assessment of, do they choose me? Do they love me? Because you know what's going to happen when you become vigilantly consistent at keeping the commitments you make to yourself for years? I'm talking one year, two year, five years, 10 years to yourself first. You don't allow people to treat you any kind of way. I don't care who they are. I don't care how big the deal is in the business. You just, you just, you just level up in such a way that your soul cannot take that kind of treatment anymore. So instead of focusing on debating and arguing and fighting with other people about what you deserve, zip it. Stop fighting with other people about that. That's not their business. It's your business and do your work of leveling up in your own life, your own level of self-esteem and self-worth and self-love. And you know what? Focus on how do I get me to feel about me the way I keep begging other people to feel or see me or give me bigger deals. Because until you absolutely are sold on you, nobody else is going to be sold on you. And one last point, and this is a whole other episode I'm going to have to do in the future. There are going to be people, especially in business, who are sold on you for a hot minute and then they will drop you like it's hot when the next thing comes along. Get used to it. Which is why you have to be absolutely sold on you. Because when the, the deals no longer go through that used to go through, and the people who had your back and lobbied for you in business decide that you are the latest old thing in the game, and there's a new hot, shiny object in the game, you got to believe in you even more and those seasons and those moments, and they will come to all of us than you ever did when you were the shiny new object in the game. Learn it here, wherever here is for you. Learn it now, wherever you are, and stop focusing on other people and what they're not doing or saying. Or You know what? Those people wouldn't even have the vibrational energy to be in your circle if you leveled up your vibration first. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave. I don't have it. This, this is like, this should be a retreat that I do. And maybe I'll do it at some point because at the end of the day, what you send out comes back to you. So you can talk a good game about self-esteem and self-worth and self-confidence. But if that doesn't, if that isn't actually what lives within you, if that isn't actually where you're living, that will show through in everything and everyone you attract. Just watch. Just watch. All you do, just, just observe what you attract. Observe what you attract. 
and then ask yourself, where is that? And I don't mean like you attract bad things because you're bad. I'm not, I think there's some simplification there. But what I mean is if you feel awful about you, if you don't like your body, you don't like your money, you don't like your relationships, you don't like your career, you don't like your business. Do you really honestly think that you're going to attract million dollar deals in your business? Do you really honestly think that you're going to attract amazing friendships and amazing connections when energy attracts like energy? And so you may never say those words out loud, but people can feel it. They can feel it. So all I'm saying is this, you are the solution to every single problem you have. And I'm not saying that you deserve to be wherever you are. I don't necessarily believe that either. I think we are where we are. And we have to deal with where we are. And so when you recognize that you're in a place you don't want to be, I'm not saying you deserve to be there. No, you don't. You deserve the very best. You deserve your highest good. We all do. But I am saying that if you're in a place that isn't your highest good, that isn't your best self, then it is your responsibility to change whatever you have to change so that you level up on the inside of you first so everything else can then change outside of you because now you attract differently because you're a different you. That is the point. You deserve everything that you want. But you'll only get what you work for. So it is time to stop doing everybody else's work and to stop running around hoping other people are going to change. Maybe they never will. But you know what can change? Their role in your life. Just saying. But that won't change until you become a different you. So get to work. I don't care what you want. You can have it, but you got to be the version of you that can, that can go out there and do that. And if you're not getting it now, that's the sign that you're not yet on the level of you that you'd need to be to get it or else you'd have it. So there's no need for blame, uh, shame or guilt unless you did something wrong. And in which case I think shame is fine. Like yeah, you need to own your stuff, but there's no need for that. If you don't like where you are, it is up to you to change it. You have every ability to do that and you need to stay in the game and be vigilantly consistent in taking daily massive action un. Till it changes, not for as long as you feel like it, because you're going to not feel like you're not you're going to not feel like it after a couple weeks, and not until you get a little bit of the result. You didn't come here for a little bit of the result. You came here for the full enchilada. You got to stay in the game, and you got to be vigilant, and consistent. And yes, this is going to sound trite because everybody says it nowadays. You do have to be the hardest working person in the room of your life. In the Like, don't focus on how hard other people... Are you working to the hardest of your capability on you, for you, in your own life? You gotta be doing that. Because otherwise, the only thing you're doing is hoping and wishing that other people will see you, they will get you, they will value you, and they will give you what you need. And you know what the truth is? Pe most people don't even give that to themselves. How could you ever expect that they're going to give that to you? Most people don't even know how to do it for themselves. And so I can feel empathy for other people who can't give me what I need. But it is my responsibility to not be held back by those people. And that is your same responsibility as well. That 
is what I wanted to say on today's episode. Thank you for joining me. Please share this with somebody who you know needs to hear this message. This is not that, you know, she runs a show. It's for women entrepreneurs, but lots of my, my subscribers listen to this and they're not, they have no interest in business. They listen to it for the mindset work. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to create businesses that rock and relationships that thrive, uh, businesses that thrive and relationships that rock. And we all need that. So thank you for listening. I will catch you on the next episode of She Runs the Show.